from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. NC State lost to Virginia Tech over the weekend. State fans have every right, every right to be upset about that one. Every right to be finding where the panic button is. Every right to be everything that I saw on social media as far as the reaction to that game. Uh, there, there were maybe taking it a step too far on, you know, making sweeping generalizations about people's job security, but that is a game that makes you reevaluate things. After you showed, meaning the team, after the team showed all of that toughness, mentally, physically, all of that edge against Wake Forest, you're cool getting, getting pushed around by Virginia Tech? A team that, quite frankly, doesn't have the dudes that Wake Forest has? That's bad. That's bad. We know you can do it now. That, that, that's something we've seen a few times over this college basketball season. A team goes out there and proves they have the ability to do something, and then they immediately turn around and don't do it, and we're going, wait a second. We know, we know you can do that. We know you can play tough. We know you can have edge. We know you can be the more uh, aggressive, more assertive team in, a, in an ACC basketball game because we just saw it. And then you have a game against Virginia Tech, and, and Virginia Tech is not a powerhouse this season. I mean, I know a few years ago they won the ACC tournament. This team is not that. And they got everything they wanted in the second half against NC State. I'm I'm fine with having one of those games, right? Um, who was I was just listening to a podcast with Matt Barnes, and Matt Barnes was talking about uh, guarding Kobe, and it was essentially sometimes you play great defense, offense is just better, right? <laughs> if I if I'm making Kobe work, that's a good day for me, right? Yeah. If he's making the shots, it's a good day for him too. But but all I can do is make him work. Yeah, if he makes that baseline fade away from 18, you're like, okay. <laughs> it, it, but if he's knocking down open threes and yeah. getting open layups, that's on the defense, right? That that mm-hmm. that's on me. And and Virginia Tech was getting all of the shots they wanted. It's a clean shot chart, right? It's threes and at the bucket, threes and at the bucket. There's no long twos in their arsenal. Long twos are what you shoot when the defense is played great, the shot clock's winding down, and you have the ball, and you're like, all right, I guess this is okay. You take a long two. There are almost none of them. I'm watching the game going, are any of these shots not the ones that, that Virginia Tech drew up on the whiteboard before the game? Coach is circling and going, if you catch it here, take the jumper. In the game, they're catching it there. They're taking the jumper. It's it, you got to make them do something they don't want to do. There's a lot of talk about where Bill Belichick's going to coach. Go full Bill Belichick. Take away what they do best, and if they beat you with what they do second best, you can live with it, but don't let them do what they want to do. Kevin Keats, the head coach of NC State, talked about the defense in the second half, especially early in the second half, and how much of a letdown it was. I thought early in the second half, we just kind of let those guys get comfortable. And once they got comfortable, they started playing really good basketball. Those two guys were on the top of our scouting report, and we ended up with, you know, giving Couture 19. Uh, I know he got uh, eight of them from the free throw line, but they drove us. Like, you know, we, we shouldn't be getting beat off the dribble and those type of things. And, you know, that's the disappointment. And we haven't had many games where I could tell you that defensively we were not very good. But that particular half, the second half, we were not very good. And we've been – our defense has really saved us the entire year. 
Now, I don't want to completely uh, dismiss Virginia Tech. They have a couple of guys on the perimeter that can that can get streaky. You heard, you heard him bring up Couture, uh, Padula, the, maybe even more so, the other guy he was mentioning there. So it's not like you were playing some absolute scrub, but it, it's it's less less of what happened and more how it happened. Right, like I said, if Padula and and Couture are going to hit tough shots, they're going to hit tough shots. But if they're going to hit easy shots, you got to look at the man in the mirror. You got you got to stare at yourself a little bit. Meanwhile, even with right, you go to the other side of the court, right? Because there are a lot of teams that play bad defense, or or bad is the wrong word, less than desirable defense. Uh, but because their offense is so talented or so efficient, or, or they they can still win games. So all right. State wasn't wasn't forcing Virginia Tech into bad shots. What were they doing on the other side? Even with Casey Morsell waking up out of his slumber, that team is still struggling to shoot threes. They are 11th out of the 15 ACC teams in three-point percentage. And then the teams below them are the teams you don't want to be associated with. The Georgia Techs, the Louisvilles, the Notre Dames. You don't want to be associated with those teams. So here's what's happening, right? You're not getting the shots that you shoot at a high percentage at the most important spots, meaning down near the bucket and at the three-point line, and and you're giving up the shots that the opposing team wants to. That's the Virginia Tech game in a nutshell. It's not, I don't think it's an effort thing, right? I think everyone out there cares. Uh, the rotation, I'm still I'm still unaware of what the goal is with the rotation, simply because they they play they could play so many guys. And all we hear about is how they have eight starters, and all we hear about is how they have this, that, and the other. But it's still uh, not predictable enough. I don't think the players can get into a rhythm knowing what they're going to be doing game in and game out. And and that works for some, right? I I hear the logic of right uh, the the rotation is completely based on your opponent, right? And mm-hmm. do we have to play this guy, or is his skill set less suited to play against a team with more bigs or more shooting or whatever? But there, there has to be some element of it's about us, not them. And and we're going to get our guys a minimum amount of X, Y, and Z, minimum amount of shots, minimum amount of uh, minutes, whatever it is, and then you can tweak based on the opponent. I, I just look at that game and think so much of what was earned against Wake Forest was given right back against Virginia Tech. Yeah. So much of the – Right, like Kevin Keats in the post game against Wake Forest, no one's ever going to say we're not tough again. Then you go to the next game and don't play tough, and I'm going like, ah, maybe you're putting us in a tough spot if we can't say <laughs> if yeah. we can't say you're not tough. Right, toughness is a thing. You know, it's it's uh, to use the cliche or not even the cliche, the motivational phrase. A tough reputation, a reputation as being tough, is rented. It's not owned. You got to pay that rent every single game you can't come out and say we're tough because we were tough against wake forest and then if you don't play great you don't play that mentally tough against virginia tech go well we we already we already proved it against wake right you can't take it away it's eh, we can hmm? we can take away that reputation it's like you did it once congrats yeah do it again and you, you did it once against an in-state opponent right you did it once there against a team that was near with you and, and kind of that second tier of the ACC mm-hmm. you did it against one that you don't need to motivate for Virginia Tech a little bit further down right another state less heralded had some bad losses it's harder to get up for it's harder to get your mindset wrapped around it and you didn't do it that one is frustrating that one is frustrating I'm not putting it all on Keats either 
You know, I, I like to say in high school, you're responsible for two things as a coach, scheme and motivation. In college, you're responsible for two things as a coach, putting the roster together and scheme, right? Motivation. If you're a college athlete, motivation's on you, bud. If you're a college athlete, coach shouldn't have to be up there. Win one for the Gipper. You should show up every game ready to play. Pros, they uh, pro coaches have one thing, scheme. They got a GM to put together the roster. Players should be motivated because they're professionals. All they got to do is scheme. That's always how I saw it broken down. So I'm not putting this all on Keats. Some of it is on Keats. I'm well, not putting all of it on Keats. There is a level of – there is – I will say, someone who coached at college, there is a little level of motivation on a coach. But there are enough veteran guys on that team. Mm-hmm. Like, DJ Burns is, what, is what six-year college? <laughs> like, Casey Morsell's in his fifth. Like, they have enough veteran guys on that team. I mean, it's, it's one thing if you have a group of just freshmen that just don't know any better mm. and, like, one sophomore. And this is that's a veteran group. They've been through it and been through it together. At least a good chunk of them have. Like, you should know this kind of stuff already. Yeah, and and even the guys they brought in, like you're you're bringing in O'Connell from Stanford. It's yeah, it's man. not like it's a it's you know he came from a D three school. This wasn't mm-hmm. Duncan Robinson at Michigan out there, uh, which is a strange reference to a Division three transfer. Uh, the, the hey, don't knock on D three, man. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm not at all. But I'm saying if you go from D like or Mike uh, um, uh, Andrew Carr, like yeah. if you're going from from the CAA to the ACC. All right. If you're going from Stanford to the ACC, it's a level up. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but you shouldn't be wide eyed and, and oh, how do we handle this? Yeah. You, you should be ready to roll is what I was getting at. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Duke lost to Pitt over the weekend. Jeff Capel coached Pitt. Blake Hinson led Pitt in Cameron Indoor. This is one of those times where it's like a narrative we've been following on the show. I wish we were following the wrong narrative, but this is one we've been tracking for weeks, and Duke's loss proves they're still lacking edge, proves they're still playing soft. And, and as a former athlete, I say former, emphasis on former. Every time I do anything now, I pull a muscle. Uh, as a former athlete, I can tell you soft is about as insulting as you can get without getting, like, personal, without start, you know, talking about, uh, you know, your physical appearance or something, like your, your, your status of some kind. Um, soft. Blake Hinson went seven for seven from three. For Pitt, that's a great game. You can't knock that, right? You would have loved for Duke's defense to uh, find a way to to not allow that to happen, but 
Good player. Blake Henson's a really good player. We talked about him with Jeff Capel in the preseason, the head coach of Pitt. Really good player. Lost some weight, knocks down threes. Seven for seven from three. Uh, you wish it didn't happen, but that's not the part I'm upset about. The part I'm upset about, the part I want to highlight, the part that Duke needs to be absolutely furious about is that he jumped on Duke's scoring table in Cameron Indoor Stadium after the game. Like he's Dwayne Wade in Miami. Like like it's Wade County, not Dade County down there. Mm-hmm. Like it is his house. Like it is his house. And, and the, the, okay, visiting player d- does that, right? Visiting player decides to treat your house like his house. Like visiting player does it, okay, be outraged, be angry. Be furious, like mad at yourself, mad at him, mad at the world. Take it out on everybody. Respectfully, I'm not saying throw water coolers or anything like that. I'm just saying be mad. Here's your your leader, right? Here's your your seven-footer, your your sophomore, your returning all-wooden candidate, Kyle Filipowski, after the game, speaking about Blake Henson and, and Pitt's celebration. You know, they played a really good game. And, of course, you know, whoever comes into the camera, they're going to, see this as as their championship um you know and and it was really disrespectful what they did so you know we're gonna have to take that with a, a grain of salt and you know remember that for next time whenever anyone steps in our building again if it's really disrespectful why the heck did you start that with a compliment they played really who cares if they played really well mm-hmm. oh they see this as a big of course they see it's, it's cameron indoor Let's hear from the coach, John Shire, after the game. I want to apologize to our fans, too, by the way. You know, what happened at the end, and that can't happen. And uh, that's on us, and uh, that's unacceptable. So, for us, we have to uh, uh, watch the game, learn from it, uh, move on quickly. We go on the road in in a day and a half and, uh, and learn from it. You know, because uh, that wasn't – that's not okay with me, what happened tonight. Now, I know a coach can't go as scorched earth as maybe a, a player could, but I don't love an apology there. I, I don't love an apology there. What I want is a call to arms. What I want is a challenge. What I want is a guarantee. I want – listen – we just had a player from Pitt jump on our furniture, right? <laughs> put put his feet on our table. Talk trash to our our students. <laughs> I am guaranteed. I, I want to tell the ACC right now, I don't care if we have a bye till Thursday, schedule us on Wednesday for the ACC tournament against Pitt and watch what happens. The next team that comes in here not only isn't going to have the opportunity to jump on our, our, our scores table or our media table, whatever you want to call it, they're going to be, be too bur- busy nursing bruises from getting dunked on. I don't get, by the way, Mark Mitchell, Jeremy Roach didn't play. So? You're still so much better than Pitt. Oh, gosh, we're just going to have to go to more of our five stars off the bench, who, by the way, should be clamoring to get minutes because they haven't been getting minutes. Duke got out-rebounded by Pitt. Duke coughed up more turnovers than Pitt. Pitt had more fast break points than than Duke. Pitt had way more points in the paint than Duke. The hustle stats were tilted a ton in favor of Pitt. Do you know why he felt comfortable jumping up onto your furniture? 
because you didn't show that you would fight back all game. Soft is the biggest insult a team can give you. Uh, Soft is the biggest insult that I would hurl comfortably at a team. You may be like, oh, you shouldn't call him soft. I don't have to. Pitt already did. And think about it like this. Think about it like this. Jeff Capel is one of yours, right? Yeah. Remember when 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 the the crazies weren't treating Capel with all the respect in the world and Coach K grabbed the mic and said, don't do that. He's one of us. His team just came into Cameron Indoor and, and – I guess had that protection of being one of you <laughs> and and th- th- abused it. They punked y'all. That's that's what they did. Why would you like I I you should be seeing red. You should you should like not actually physically fighting. Like don't go throw punches, but it should you, you should be ready to. You know what I mean? I mean I I I've I very I don't think I can ever imagine a team going into Cameron Indoor and, and feeling comfortable. Like, it, it, I mean, jumping up. On, come on. After a big game, by the way. It's not like, not like this guy was – this isn't Pat Beverly out there who's like, oh, I locked you down. This is somebody that, that went out, scored a bunch of points, seven of seven from three, orchestrated an upset, won the game, treated himself to what I can only imagine is the coolest Twitter profile picture in pit basketball history oh, yeah. of, of standing up there with all the Duke fans flipping him the bird as like, a, hey, if you're, t- if you're treating me that way, I must be doing something right. That is a really tough spot. And the reason why it is so frustrating to watch is because all season, and, and we have the receipts. You can go find them all on our YouTube page, 99.9 The Fan. You can find it on the Best of the Drive podcast, everywhere podcasts can be found. I've been worried about Duke's edge all gosh darn year georgia tech beat them once right georgia tech beat them at georgia tech in their home down in atlanta in georgia then georgia tech came to duke and and duke squeaked one out they had beat them by a little bit at the line and i'm going you should have been dying you should have been been itching you should have been you couldn't wait to physically dominate them the second time you played them after what they did to you the first time Antennas are up. This team, all the physical talent in the world, and we've talked about it, right? There's no way not to be physically talented with how many four- and five-star recruits they have. But they're going to be determined. How well they play is going to be determined on their attitude. And, and, you know, I've said this a few times this year, but I think it's the best way to put it. Every every – you know, every time J.J. Reddick's on a podcast, every time Christian Leitner's on a podcast, every time uh, Grayson Allen's on a podcast, I mean, anytime any Duke player's on a podcast, they ask, like, hey, what are the most hated Duke players of all time? Fair, right? I mean, a lot of it's brought on by themselves, and, and I get it. Is anyone on this Duke team even remotely, like, I don't even, like, I'd, I'd like to – like everybody would like to play with these guys. They seem like great guys, right? Seem like and really nice. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be a really nice person away from the the floor. And you can be likable and all that. But on the floor, you should be shouldn't be fun to play against you. John Shire after the game was asked about not having Roach and Mitchell in the lineup, and I, I think he handled this one well. I think rebounding a lot a lot of the time comes down to will and mindset, and we didn't have that. And uh, but we're gonna have it. 
and we've shown it throughout, but we need to have it consistently. That has to become who we are, regardless who's in the lineup or who's not. Is it, is it, does it change our team not having Jeremy and Mark in there? Of course it does. But that's not, that, that can't impact how you rebound, can't impact how you defend, it can't impact how you, can, how you compete. And uh, that's, end of the day, that's, that's on us. Like, that's on us together uh, to figure out how you have that mindset. No excuses, it's on you. That's the part I want to focus on. No excuses, it's on you. Somebody get mad. I mean, in, in a post-game presser, the guy just jumped all on. Just get mad for me one time. Mm-hmm. Just get mad for me one time. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.